Well, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 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 well. It's your boy. Well, it's your boy. Welcome well, back. Oh, oh, baby, is it good to be back? Hello, folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. It's the American Soccer Podcast, in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT. I'm still Clayton, and I'm still an artist. Still Ty, still an entrepreneur. And we still love the Nats. Let's go, actually, boys. That we do. It's we the people. It's we the people. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. Wow, folks. The game was wow. USA versus Costa Rica. Wow, wow, wow. I have, uh, I, there, look, listen, Ty, no one is bigger than the team, all right? There's no one individual that is bigger than the team. And uh, you just proved that. You, Kwame, the professor, you proved it. Um, there's, there's no one bigger than the team, including myself. And this pod without me was just fine, but I'm back. I'm back to assert myself and to try to establish dominance once again in the, we, the peep sphere. And I hope you'll have me. Yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, it's not entirely accurate to say just fine. Uh, <laughs> I know the hosting, uh, definitely diminished in quality while you were out. So I'm glad you're back. Uh, but I'm very grateful to, uh, to Kwame and the professor for ably joining and and making a, an amazing contribution. And uh, I had a lot of fun recording with both of them. And thank you to everyone who joined us. Um, the live stream last week was was really fun. Got to be in person with my father, watching soccer, letting you into our uh, our our family tradition here. Um, and recording with Kwame is always amazing. So. Thank you, and uh, welcome back. Oh, oh yes. Uh, my also sincerest gratitude to the professor and Kwame for stepping in last minute, um, giving me a chance to take a break from the pod for the first time in five years, and it's over now. We're back, baby. Here's to another five. Am I right or wrong? It all depends. Depends on the team. Depends on the team. Speaking of... If they are we are out. We're done. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We're if they win the World Cup, we're also done. There, there are so, conditions. There are conditions. There are conditions. Yeah. Um, all right, folks. Listen, quick housekeeping. Quick housekeepies. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at WTP Pod. Please hit us with a five star review. That's on yeah. iTunes or whatever you listen to podcasts on. Dap us up with a five star. We'll read your review on the show if you put writing in it. Please hit us up on Patreon. Uh, that is patreon.com forward slash WTP pod. You know what it is. We need uh, those Jurgen bucks to keep this show going, keep the show afloat. And so anything you can do to contribute, um, if you have the means, five bucks a month will make you a ratified peep and you will um, you will be forever, forever in our hearts for that. Those of you who have already chosen to join the Patreon, thank you so, so much. It makes a huge difference and it's a huge deal to us. Thank you for doing that. Um, and last but not least, find us on YouTube. Just search us up, WTP Pod or We the Peeps. 
uh, search us up in your search bar on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit that notifications button. So, you know, when we go live uh, during the recording of these episodes or during the games, uh, the easiest way to know that is by being subscribed to us on YouTube. And the second fallback way is once again, the Twitter at WTP pod. All right. Things, two last things there, Clayton. Um, I just wanted to add that we are on 97 iTunes ratings as of uh, yesterday when I looked. Oh. If you would be so kind as to rate us, you can go to your friend's computer, your mom's computer. You can go to the Apple store, find us, punch in those five stars for us. If you can get us to that 100, that magical 100, that would mean the world to us. And uh, thank you for doing that. And then the second thing is that our audio um, on, on you know all the recent shows, um, because of my, my inability to edit, the way that you can edit. Uh, we've been working with with more limited audio, so thank you for bearing with us on that and including this episode. Uh, this will be the, the last episode with less good audio, and then we'll get back to our regularly scheduled high-quality audio. We know it makes a difference to the listenability of the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we, we love you guys. Three more of those five stars. Please, please, please. Ender, other, Houser, Kikinger. Oh, guys, guys. There's only, there's only one way to kick it off. is to line them up. Line them on up. Oh. Diego, line them up. Diego, line them up. Guys, in, when, when it, when I dreamed, of USMNT lineups uh, when watching some of those tab youth teams, you know, they, yep. this is, this is kind of what they look like. It's, it's pretty amazing to see a, it is to, to see my, my dreams, my actual dreams uh, come true in real life. Please give me, do me the honor of allowing me to read off the 11 names that started this game versus Costa Rica. The, the pure joy it is. Uh, May we have your hand in pottage. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's get it. Guys, both gloves. Man City. He plays for Man City. Zach Steph. Occasionally. <laughs> he theoretically <laughs> available for Man City. Theoretically available. Zach he's, uh, he's Pep's number two. Pep knows the game. <laughs> Pep knows who this person is, Zach Steffen. Uh, in the back, we're going to have Barcelona's Serginho Destino as our right back. In the middle, we are going to have the center back pairing in everyone's imaginary hypothetical lineups Twitter feed, Miles Robinson and Chris Richards. Welcome on in. And why not just complete the Robinson family band with a left back of Anthony Robinson? Oh, guys, it's about to get even better. Oh, it's about to get even better. In the midfield, we're going to have Captain. In this team? Oh, who's in the midfield? Guys, guys, guys. Captain Tyler Adams. Oh, Captain, my captain. Captain, my captain. And then you know him. Eunice love him. Eunice Musa. M-U-S-A. USA, locked in, lock it in. That happened since I was on vacation. And then, of course, 
Manifest Westiny, the West is yet to come. Weston McKenney. Oh, the midfield trio on that has been on all of our hearts for the past ever since Eunice Musa uh materialized out of thin air from a from a combination of various different parallel universes. Eunice Musa came to us, showed up to us somehow, and we all started dreaming of Adams Musa McKenney. And today we got to see it, or the other day we got to see it in 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 live time, in, in real life in competition. And then up front, as if, you know, the, the, we were going to have Pauli Areola nips. And you know I love me some Pauli Areola nips. But as if just to, uh, just to, just to end this window on a, on a blessing, uh, Pauli nips, not, a, not at all a blessing. We wish injury on no one. But had to leave the starting lineup, what would have been the one uncool player on this lineup? No offense, Pauli nips. You're cool in a lot of ways, but not in the way that I'm talking about. Uh, we got Pauli nips switched out for Timothy Weah. The future, the future, uh, future president of the unified one one nation state of humanity. Uh, when we all join together as one nation, Tim, odds are good. Odds are solid. They're good. We're also gonna have Salzburg Zone, Brendan A. A. Ron Swanson, the Swan Song. You know what it is. <laughs> and then up, you know what it is. <laughs> and then up front, dog. Get on this train. You know what it is. <laughs> Up front. Oh my goodness. Get hop on this train. Ricardo Pepe Le Pew Pew Pew. <laughs> shouts to shouts to Chelsea, Kev Bot's wife, uh, for Pepe Le Pew Pew Pew. Guys. Oh my goodness. How did we not think of that? How did we not think of that? Guy. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea. We did it. The greatest starting lineup of all time. Of all, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. But the U.S. just had the greatest starting lineup of all time. Okay, we did play a game. Enough of that. It started out uh, pretty poorly. So it, within one minute, <laughs> uh, within one minute, we got <laughs> we slept on uh, the the entire nation of Costa Rica and uh, the USMNT totally slept on Keisha Fuller, <laughs> who would slide right in there uh, for a first minute goal. Yikes! Yikes! Amundo, good God Almighty! Um, but uh, not to fear, I suppose the US. It seemed to wake up this young USMNT side. Um, and there was an onslaught of chances and an uptick in energy, which led to our first first half goal. It's not the first, it's not the quickest goal, uh, but the first first half goal. It's not the only first half goal ever, but uh, it was a first half goal from Serginho Dest, absolute also on his left foot, mirroring his other USMNT goal with his right foot. Side note, uh, assist from Eunice Musi. Really, really beautiful play. Lots of, uh, so many passes, so many passes. Uh, capped it off with an absolute also from Serginho Dest. I don't know when Kaylor Navas got injured in this game, but I like to think it was uh, as he was trying to process what was happening. As he's, yeah, as the exactly. ball is flying through the air and he tries to adjust his his body to save this, he he tweaked something. I, that's what I like to think. Uh, or it was just a career-ending mental breakdown that he had <laughs> of just. Just a half. He's, he's been beat. He went straight to the his time has come. Straight yeah. to the shot. His time has come. It's over. Um, guys, we went into half one one. You know, US looking like the stronger team, clearly, but um there was uh, you know, there was a lot to be done. It was a tie game. We came back. 
I believe these both happened in the second half. There were two main highlights before we would take the lead. One of them was a breakaway counterattack led by Brian Ruiz. Uh, Correct. It was, it was a huge mistake, huge mistake from Miles Robinson uh, on the back pass to um, uh, to your boy Chris Richards. And Brian Ruiz just in in acres of space, as they say, but um, you know, showed his age. The man looked like he was he was trying to run through a, a pool filled with yogurt. Uh, just couldn't get it going. Could not get his heels off the ground. And Miles, for some reason, it's a disgusting image. Like I like yogurt. I like putting it in my face <laughs> and and chewing it. But thinking about being surrounded by it is disgusting. It's too much. It's too much. It's like it would never. You could never wash it off somehow. No matter how much yeah. soap. Exactly. How much? Yeah, you would be very nicely tenderized, though. You'd be ready to fry. The skin would just be so clear, or actually, so maybe crispy. complete pimple, so pimples. One of the two. Brian Ruiz, your time has come as well. <laughs> Brian Ruiz, yeah. your, time your time has come, bro. It was it was painful to watch, but it, at least it gave Miles Robinson a glory moment of recovering from this huge mistake. The other big, yes. big fat uh, highlight worth mentioning here is. Uh, Chris Richards penalty shout. So, <laughs> I mean, no replays. We get Taylor Twelman with the VAR points. We fucking get it. Miles um, Robinson got away with one. Uh, sorry. Wait, wait, you're talking about the one where he made the foul? Yeah, Chris Richards got away with one. Yeah. What What am I missing with this? Because he gets the ball. But am I am I wrong on this? Well, he, he, he's, 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 he gets the ball. It's subtle. Uh, it's only viewable truly on replay. But he. He shields the foot first. He kind of like, so it's a, it's, and he's in a tackling body position. So uh, perhaps it's more debatable than, than I, I thought at first I'm open to this, to have this conversation. But the point is there was, there was a penalty shout at the very least. uh, All right. right. Penalty shout, not, not given, Uh, not given. And the U S would, would, would thus be able to uh, keep it pushing and Tim Weah, just as it's looking like it's time for Tim Weah to get subbed off, would, yep. would force an own goal here. Be- a beauteous own goal. The classic Tim Weah, slick, uh, quick touch, quick finish. Actually, no touch. First time finish. Um, a beautiful goal from, from Tim Weah here. Deserved the celebration. Deserves it on his stat sheet, but it won't live there. Thank you, Tim Weah, for being you. We get to stay on the field for another... 20 minutes or 10 minutes or so uh, probably because of that. And then of course we get to see Deandre Yedlin, uh, Andre de Yedlin. We get to see hop on this booze cruise, Gianluca Busio, the last field player yet to see minutes. Uh, Matthew Hoppy would come on in this one. Giassi Zardes, sadly for Pepe, no goals this time. Happiness is the truth. Happiness is the truth. And uh, Walker Zimmerman to just close this one out real quick. Ty, two to one. We did it. Game over, window over. What were your first impressions? In this game and in this camp, the U.S. did just enough to stay on track. The game was won by the thinnest of margins with a latish goal, with some chances that didn't go Costa Rica's way, where they could have potentially taken the lead. And the U.S. by no means has been good enough in this game or in this camp to assure qualification or to give us 
substantial hope that the team can actually do well in a future World Cup. But what has happened is that the team has done enough to secure some progress and to keep us in a good position to qualify. Not a great position, but a good position. The thing is, the toughest games are yet to come. And so this team cannot rest on its laurels. It cannot think that because we're second in the table, only three points off the top, that we're in a comfortable position. We're in far from a comfortable position. This can go really bad, really fast. And the team needs to recognize these performances weren't good enough. Greg needs to recognize that his tactics, his selections, and his process for this camp was not good enough. And there have to be changes before the next window. Changes must be made. Uh, what kind of changes do you have in mind? Do you mean changes in preparation, changes in personnel? What are we talking about here? So I think there we saw in between all three games, we saw a wide variety of uh, issues. And just remind the people, in the, remind the people of the, what those... So we, we lost to Panama somehow. Yeah. So, so okay, I, what I would say is the Jamaica game was the cleanest, uh, most straightforward victory. I don't have a lot of nits to pick. However, the Panama game, we go down to Panama, it's a subpar performance, and we end up uh, losing that game. Now, the initial blame that I put on the, that loss was the players, because the players just, no matter what the system was or the tactics, the players just weren't good enough individually. There's balls getting passed out of bounds, the, the touches were bad, the, the rhythm was bad. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, well, you know, Greg changed maybe eight or nine starters from the Jamaica game. And I expected there to be rotation. And so when I saw that, those changes, I was like, all right, well, this is what it is. The players have to show up. But then I realized that Greg, first of all, did not bring everybody that he could have, thinking particularly of like a Conrad De La Fuente and Joe Scally. And in the first game, Greg used a lot of the key pieces that we had in the team. So, for instance, he used Tyler Adams and started Tyler Adams, and, and Tyler Adams played significant minutes in the Jamaica game, which, when you look at it now, he would have been much better off using Tyler Adams for more minutes in the Panama game or, or and potentially keeping him in reserve in the Jamaica game in case of emergency. But we could have probably gotten through that Jamaica game without Tyler Adams. So I do believe that the players underperformed in that Panama game and, and underperformed to a degree in the Costa Rica game, but I, I think Greg could have also done a lot of things differently to put them in better positions where they would have had a higher chance of success. So for me, it's, it's kind of all of the above. There's just top to bottom. There's, there's stuff that's not right uh, with the team, and those, those things will need to be corrected or we're always just going to be on the verge of, of collapse all the time. And, you know, Kwame said it really well in the last show, which is like, we are constantly putting our we, we constantly have a bad first half. And so we're constantly putting ourselves in positions that where we have to kind of sink or swim in the in the second half. And you can only ask the team to do that so much. You know, it's, it, it has worked out by and large, but we have to stop putting ourselves in that position or it's going to bite us and, and it's gonna bite us in key spots and it's gonna it's going to really harm our, our prospects of making this World Cup. So now's, now's the time we kind of got away with some mistakes and some subpar performances. We're still in a decent position in the table. We still should qualify, but we do have to cement and fix these things before we're, we're going to be sure. Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's tough to make that distinction between players or coach. Uh, one quick note on the Panama game. I know you guys already talked about it and I wasn't there and it's fucking fine. But I did want to say, I just, I couldn't, it, it didn't sink into me until the last seven minutes of that game that we might actually lose it. I just couldn't, I was watching like all happy-go-lucky for so much of that. Like, we're going to turn this shit around. We got this. And we just never did. That's what we do. That's what we do. We dig ourselves in a hole and we come back, but we didn't. We just couldn't find that, couldn't find that moment. Worth noting that although we went into the half you know, we didn't have a, we, we were not at a deficit. Um, we were not in, we didn't need this second half versus Costa Rica. It was necessary. And we needed a bunch of way for this to be a one nil win. This was not a comfortable, uh, clear win situation. One thing I would add no. the other, just, just on the sort of on the other side of that is that every game that we do. So we bought ourselves some time, right? We managed to get through another three games, we're still in an okay position in qualifying and every game that we progress whilst still being in an okay position, we, um, we develop these, these players in this generation, another 90 minutes, right? Uh, we developed this yep. Greg another 90 minutes. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of growth from Greg and from the players over time. So there is a um, sort of like a, whatever the opposite of diminishing returns is there's, there's an increasing returns. Every, every game that we can get through without fucking this thing up completely, uh, the greater yes, becomes for the next game. So, so that's worth mentioning. Um, but in keeping right with the Greg Burhalter experience, we have just barely enough, a little too late here from the USMNT. Um, yep. And, uh, and, and, and that's not going to work forever. That's going to have to turn around, but what we saw uh, against uh, Costa Rica was the team that we believe in, the team that we've wanted to see, the team that we've been quite literally proselytizing about to others. And it's worked. Oh, yeah. I know, I know we've got a, a friend of mine, um, shout out, shout out Daniel Finger Traps, who listens to the pod, who is a new fan uh, to the team, a new fan to, I would say, soccer in general, and who said, uh, as of the Costa Rica game, um, that was fun to watch. That was pretty cool. Like, I like those guys. The team seemed cool, which is the first time I've ever heard anyone say that about the USMNT in, I mean, like in my time, I, I was really young when like the Landon, uh, Beasley era came up. And I think maybe people said it then, but I, in the past 10 years, no one's ever watched a USMNT game and been like, that was, those guys are cool. And when you look at this lineup, these guys are fucking cool, man. Um, Ty, can you speak a little bit? To that sentiment, uh, the the this, I guess like, yeah, just the branding of this whole thing that this is a this is a cool team. Yeah, this was the youngest lineup in World Cup qualifying history for the U.S. The um, the, the average went down after the subs, Zio coming on and Oppie going on coming on. So we were really, we are really in the middle of a sea change here. And even sort of globally, the roster that the U.S. brought, I believe, is the youngest roster that any nation brought to World Cup qualifying in the world. Uh, it's, it's either first or, 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 you know, very, very close. So we are dealing with a very unprecedented situation here. And, you know, what happens with youth is that you get the cool factor, which is a plus, but you do get the instability and you get the inconsistency. So I think from a personnel standpoint, the question is, can the team advance enough in the next you know, year and a half, hopefully before a World Cup, to get rid of some of that fragility 
yet retain the cool factor because if the team can be cool and perform at a world cup i mean it is going to be a cultural milestone in the history of the sport in the u.s going into that 2026 world cup where you know we know there's going to be an amplification of attention if the team can make it to this world cup be one of those exciting kind of dark horse kind of teams that neutrals are interested in watching and uh and that that's making headlines for their for their swagger their appearance and their approach let alone their results that would be a huge win because that amplifying effect of that 2026 world cup is going to amplify whatever exists after the 2022 world cup so we are in a pole position to actually it's it's almost like a like a charity match you know the more we the more we accomplish in this window the greater that eventual amplification will be by the time that 2026 world cup rolls around so i shudder to think what would happen if the team does fall apart in these last couple of windows of qualifying and you know fails in these harder matches and doesn't make it to the world cup because we're we're about to hit such a you know force multiplier with that 2026 world cup that i really want there to be some force to multiply to begin with both on the image side and on the results side so there's there's another aspect to this starting lineup that i want to bring up because i haven't heard anyone mention it and it stands out to me now let me let me uh, and it's that this is also the least white usmnt side i've ever seen yeah, I noticed that as well. So, so with with Brendan Aronson being the only clearly white man, you know, there's a few um, uh, like mixed race folks on this team and and stuff like that. But but uh, the yeah, the the whitest man on the field standing out is Brendan Aronson, and to me that says a lot as as a half Japanese American, um, you know, going to watch. Shang-Chi this weekend, the Marvel movie with all these Asian people in it. That type of thing makes a pretty big difference um, to the way I perceive myself and the way I perceive the world. And um, you know, seeing this team look more like the America that I know uh, and love and that I've seen. And you know, I understand um, that uh, maybe it's even less white people than the, than the real America, but but hey, let's overcorrect a little for a second here and just enjoy the fact that we're seeing different people from many different backgrounds, not just dual national backgrounds, but also racial backgrounds. Um, I think that's really important and important to acknowledge. I also want to add that the coolness that I love about this team is about youth, not at all about race. Uh, the, They're cool because they are young. Um, and it's a totally separate point I want to make that it's it's also important to note, I think, that, that it's... Uh, that we're seeing less um, racial prejudice in the in whatever system created this talent. Yeah, I fully agree, and I think there's, you know, on the axis of race, you know, there's a lot of uh, function of how U.S. society treats and looks at soccer, but there's also the separate axis of of internationalization and of embracing dual nationals and the dual national phenomenon gaining more legitimacy. And I think, you know, for me, the concept of America is a syncretic concept, that there is no such thing as an America that is exclusionary. And so I, I know I'm treading on kind of political territory there, and I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone who feels otherwise, but 
but that's just that's me that's how i feel i feel that the, the definition it's 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 core to the american identity that we bring people who are different together and that cuts across every single axis and you know i was just talking to some people uh last night who are you know uh less hardcore fans of of the us one of whom not really much of a soccer fan and one of the things that i brought up is um is that uh, bill hamid who, who uh we were watching at the dc united game is a muslim and he's one of the only muslims that has played for the us but i was racking my brain to try to think of all the teams where you even have that amount of religious diversity where we've had we've had you know jews christians muslims and and uh, you know anything you can think of really and that that to me is another thing that is very beautiful is that the team models the ability for for society to function in in a pluralistic religious context and that is that is a very meaningful thing that that we can come together around a shared purpose experience that in all of our own ways and 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 find success together uh despite our differences so so to me it, it is it is central it's not it's not a accident and it's not a coincidence the diversity of the team and when you add the the aspect of their their youthfulness and their exuberance and their sort of shine to their their, their talent their influence as uh, young respected professionals they're on the precipice of being actually really important figures in the culture which would be very powerful to me and i i, I really hope that that comes to pass that they become a symbol of what the country can be in the way that for instance the south the south african team has also uh been like a a, a symbol of the the kind of rainbow nation of, of south africa so to me it's 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 more than just fun it, you know to me that's part of the purpose of the u.s team and something that i hope uh gains visibility gains attention and 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 has an impact on the way that people see the country in the way that you just described media influencing the way you see yourself as an asian american yeah yeah uh it's well said. i think it's worth mentioning that we you know we we never know what people's internal spirituality is but we can say for sure that anthony robinson worships the church of the light side of the fort <laughs> 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 oh my god what what are they is it like the midichlorians that's it yeah that's, 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 he's, he's all about the midichlorians yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's the apprentice to take care of all those texts that, that luke skywalker ends up looking after all right um so uh jumping back in here folks uh looks like when we when we get a little bit too real, when we get a little bit too macro, uh, you know, the wires get crossed somehow. We broke the yes, internet. It's so. some Illuminati shit. <laughs> some Illuminati shit. We're back. We're going to finish out with you guys in this form and fashion and, um, you know, keep it pushing. USMNT, baby. It doesn't have to be perfect. We just got to get out to you. We love you. Uh, love Ty, you. this game, uh, so inspiring overall, just to close up the last point. Uh, we were on inspiring overall to see the personnel here in many ways, regardless of the of the outcome on the night. And um, I'm excited for where this team is going. And uh, yeah, just just happy to have seen that starting lineup regardless. And and the fact that it was a win, even better, even better. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. got away with one. Um, 
the first minute goal is the kind of thing that's going to happen to this team until they figure it out. But I think they will figure it out. I think the timing is going to be perfect for this team. So I, I am optimistic that this is going to work. Uh, I think we're headed for a World Cup where I think the, the team will qualify. It won't be comfortable, but they'll qualify. And then they're going to do something in the World Cup that will disappoint us and will leave us thinking we really could have had more. But that's okay because, you know, really where this road is going is 2026. And, and if the U.S. team, if everything that they do is focused on doing well, uh, you know, peaking, maximizing in that tournament, I think, I think that's okay. So um, I think it's going to be a great ride. I think we're going to have, you know, one of the, one of the most fun teams to watch, uh, both in qualifying and hopefully in a World Cup. So um, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here with all you people. Ho oh, we are glad to be here. Uh, qualifying continues, folks. We got two games coming up November 12th versus none other than El Tri, Mexico. You know what it is. And then, of course, November 16th, once again, versus Nacho Mama's Jamaica. Uh, the biggie on everyone's mind, of course, is Mexico. We might see Ricardo Pepe suit up versus Julian Araujo and the other one from LA Galaxy who decided, Efra Alvarez. Uh, there's, there's some sweet, sweet storylines brewing for us here. Ty, what are you looking forward to most for this Mexico game? Well, I certainly think it's the biggest test of this generation so far. Um, the Nations League is a, lo a lesser competition, so you you're, you have to temper your uh, reactions. The, the World Cup qualifier against Mexico is absolutely huge. And it's kind of the one game where when we play Mexico at home, there still is no excuse not to win. We won the game, I think it was about five times in a row, going into the last qualifying cycle losing to mexico in that first game was the trigger was the catalyst for us missing out on the world cup so you know when the u.s plays in these big finals often against mexico there's this sense that like well it's essentially a neutral field or maybe even a home field disadvantage for us because of the way the because of the crowd composition but when it comes to this world cup qualifier there's such a track record of success in this game that that excuse kind of goes out the window because if the, if prior teams could do it, why can't this team do it? Now, the X factor is the location because they moved the game away from Columbus. They put the Costa Rica game in Columbus, which is a, you know, a good backup, but the, um, the, the switch of venue is definitely a risk. Um, while the Columbus thing was kind of ended uh, in the last cycle, it still was a pretty decent historical record against a very good team. So going to a new location definitely adds a, a, a element of doubt as to whether we can keep that, that good record alive. But I think it will be uh, a close victory for the U.S. I think the U.S. hopefully will have uh, Pulisic and Geo back, be a little bit more at full strength. And it's, a, it's one of those games where there's no excuses, there's no tomorrow, there will be no thinking about the window, about the Jamaica game, fuck everything else. Everything goes all out to win this Mexico game. I don't care if you have to fight clubs in Europe to get the player for, you know, just for that game and then they have to go back. Just do anything you fucking can to win this game. And I think when we've been in that mindset with this group, there has been success and I expect to see that again. Whew. What do you know about the injuries to Pulisic and Reyna? What are the chances that we see them uh, versus Mexico? So both injuries are minor uh, muscular injuries. 
the the you know Pulisic is uh, perpetually undergoing some sort of minor muscular problem. Um, so you, there's no guarantees with him, but Gio doesn't really have that history. So I I, I believe Gio is already back in uh, first team training as is Pulisic. Um, so I think I think they'll be fit and ready. Um, you know, you never know what kind of injuries will pop up in the meantime, but. I think between between uh, the you know thirty top players, we really should be able to put together quite a quite a, a strong eleven, and I think the talent on the field will be equal to what Mexico is able to put out there. Uh, the question is just whether they can they can work together, play together as a team um, as they've been rebuilding this this identity and trying to kind of succeed in spite of Berhalter's choices at times. All right, all right, all right. Um, I. I forgot to mention something. Can I complain about something random real quick, and then we'll we'll end on some maybe some hopes and fears or some cheat. Um, seeing Caleb Porter and Darlington Nagby drinking beers in the game versus Costa Rica was really hurtful. Darlington, can you just? I agree, dude. If you're gonna if you're gonna turn down call ups to the USMNT and be a dick about it, you know, and be like club don't first, don't, don't fucking go watch the games drinking beer, dude. Don't go to the games. Watch it on TV. What the fuck are you doing? That's so like, I'm sorry. Look, like I've been trying to be cool. I've been pretty cool about the Darlington Nagby thing the whole time. He, I, I respect the man. Make the choice you got to make. It's fine. You don't want to play for the U.S. I get it. I, I, I cannot possibly understand how anyone who had the opportunity to suit up for the USMNT would choose not to do it. I, it's, I, it's that is beyond me. But that's your choice. Everyone makes their own choices. Do not ever come to a USMNT game. Come on, dog. Come on. And Caleb Porter. Caleb Porter. You and and who is the other guy from this Olympics? Um, that motherfucker. Uh, who used to coach? Christ, Christ, Jason Christ, and then Andy Herzog was the prior uh, cycle. You three can go, go suck a lemon, for for your for your contribution to the problems that this U.S. team has had to fight through. I, oh, Bruce Arena can go into that bunker as well. Uh, you, you, you people in the, in the old boys network of U.S. soccer that have been getting recycled through all these fucking jobs over the years, get out. We, we, we don't want you anymore. You had your time. You had your chance. Get out of here, Caleb Porter. All right. I actually think that's a decent way to, <laughs> to end this podcast. Don't, don't come watch a team that cleaned up your mess. Yeah, it's gross. You watch it's a gross. Bunch of 20-year-olds who had to come in and do the job of 27-year-olds because you couldn't step up. It's that ridiculous. goes for both, both Nagby and Caleb Porter. It really, it does. And, and, and just, if you're going to do it, just don't be drinking beers. Don't have fun. Do it. Look sad. <laughs> You're killing oh, me. My word. You're fucking killing me. All right, let's just do hopes. Give me one hope uh, for USA. No, actually, give me one hope for the time in between. Guys, we got clubs on clubs. Uh, the US the US roster on a week on a weekly basis has never been more fun to watch um, in in the world of club soccer. Ty, what's one hope for you for the next three weeks for these boys? My desperate hope is just that this team is able to stay healthy. I yeah. just want to see the full first team together, the, the optimal 11. I think Greg actually does know what the optimal 11 is. And there's a consensus building. 
right, around around what our, our actual first choice team looks like. Turner, Robinson, Robinson, Brooks, Dest, Musa, McKenney, Adams, Pulisic, Aronson, Pepe. Pulisic, Reina, That's Pepe. Just, oh, I forgot Reina. Oh, my God, I forgot. How do I fit in Gio? Okay, so Gio's got to fit in there somewhere. But the... the like the, the at least the twelve, <laughs> at least the twelve is set. Well, it's Aronson. So, it's Aronson off the bench, right? Aronson's the new Ariola, the new Morris. Oh God, Aronson off the bench. I can't do that. Oh my God. Maybe okay. All right. All right. All right but anyway, well, but anyways. Point. But uh, but what I'm what I'm saying is, I just want to see a healthy first choice U.S. eleven go into this Mexico game. No caveats. No excuses. No circumstances. Just win do everything yeah. we can to win i my hope uh for this window is or for this yeah for this for this little club club jaunt is that um rb leipzig starts winning games we need that we need that uh jesse yeah. marsh tyler adams at the six this is this team has suddenly or somehow with uh, with Caden Clark on his way there, and and you know who knows, perhaps Aronson as well at some point. That that wouldn't be, um, that's certainly not out of the question. RB no. the success or, and failure of RB Leipzig at this juncture in history is pretty important for the future of U.S. soccer in professional sports, uh, or you know the U.S. U.S. soccer in in the club world. It's uh, a great point on many levels. You're totally right. Yeah. And, uh, and- Brendan Aronson to Leipzig would be fantastic. Yeah. And they, they've got a big Sabitzer-shaped hole at attacking midfield. <laughs> really, really help. Um, so that's what I hope for. Let's come on, RB. You got this. Turn this ish around. All right, guys. I that's know, all. Let's that's all. That's it. Um, I, I, I love all the cables. I love all the cables. USB-C, beautiful. USB-B, oh my god, fantastic. Uh, quarter inch, eighth inch, awesome, awesome. Lastly, RCAs, oh, those RCAs, can't get enough. Left, right, let's fucking go. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I absolutely love the Nats. Let's go. Oh, let's go, boys. Beat Mexico. Win. Bye. Bye. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps.